You are listening to Limitless Ladies Podcast with your host, Lisa Lynn Adams, where the motto is begin leading with meaning. The world needs your light now more than ever. Never let fear and limited thinking hold you back from what you truly deserve. We are here redefining love, empowering leadership, and building stronger, more successful businesses while shining our abundance and love for our mission, message, and the world. It takes a village to raise a life purpose, and none of us were meant to go it alone. We are here to support you all the way to success. Hi, everyone. Thank you so much for listening to Limitless Ladies Podcast. Today, we have the lovely Carrie Carbonaro on the air, and she is known as the Money Queen, a certified financial planner. Go ahead, Carrie, and introduce yourself. Sure. Hi, everyone. So um, my book is The Money Queen's Guide for Women Who Want to Build Wealth and Banish Fear. And my biggest honor is that it just got voted as the top 10 books to, that make you rich. Um, but what's amazing to me is all the other books that are on the list are very classic books that have been around for one's been around for over 100 years. So for me to be on that list with the new book is incredibly um, humbling and exciting at the same time. Um, I'm also a CFP um, ambassador for my profession. So I'm appointed by the CFP board to represent my profession in the media. Um, so I do that. And because of that, um, I do a lot of TV, but I do TV mainly also because of my book. So um, in the last, I guess, five months, six months, um, I've, I had 400 media hits in six months. Wow. So I've been really busy. <laughs> and, my day, and my day job is that I'm a managing director at United Capital. Wonderful. Well, that's wonderful. It sounds like quite, quite the honor to, uh, to be selected as the top 10 book. To, uh, for, is it for women specifically? Yeah, specifically for women, yeah. So on the topic of helping women with wealth, where do we start? I know that, you know, something that I come across a lot with my clients is they don't know their numbers. Yes. They're kind of drifting through their business without any sort of plan in place for a revenue growth uh, plan or, you know, any, or they don't even know what to do with their money. Yes. So can you offer some guidance to these yeah. lovely ladies? Yes, absolutely. So it's funny because I think if you are an entrepreneur, it's even more important to know your numbers than if you are a W-2 employee. So what I tell everybody is the, you know, step one, the most basic thing that every woman needs to do is know their budget. So, and a budget is not a four letter word. It's not like a diet. I'm not telling you not to spend. I'm telling you to know what's coming in and know what's going out every month and hopefully you are not overspending and you have leftover at the end. And when you have leftover at the end, that's where you create your financial future and your financial freedom comes from. So if you have, let's say, and I'm just going to make up, make up a number, $3,000 you could bring in a month, you spend $2,500 a month on your bills, fixed expenses, and some a little bit of discretionary, and you have $500 left over at the end of the month. That $500 should automatically go to savings for short-term, potentially medium, and certainly long-term for retirement. So you can either do it in half or by threes, um, a, you know, a third, a third, and a third. And that's where you can create your financial future. So that's like step one. And if you don't know your numbers right there, that you can't do anything because you, you, you have no idea where to go from there. So it's so easy. I, I always say, 
um, I've always quoted crazy things like Carrie says you can write it on a napkin. And that's the point is it's so low tech. All you have to new, be able to do is add and subtract and write down your numbers. So you don't need fancy calculations. You could do it on your smartphone. You could do it on your computer. You could do it with Excel. You could do it a million different ways, but you can literally write it on a napkin. So there's no reason that everybody should not be able to do this. Wonderful. Okay, so with regards to entrepreneurs in particular who are running a business, like where do they start? So obviously knowing their numbers. So as far as like putting away savings or making sure they have enough, you know, come tax time, do you have systems that you recommend? Well, um, I'm sure most of them are probably already on QuickBooks because that's a pretty universal system that everybody uses. And I'm hoping that they're also paying estimated taxes quarterly because if they don't, that's where they can get into trouble if they do have a good year and then they're not paying taxes as they go along, then they get a, you know, an unhappy surprise in April. And I've seen it happen to a lot of people. And I said, why weren't you paying estimated taxes? And they, and they said, well, I didn't know I was going to make enough until like the last quarter or I didn't, you know, or whatever reason, or, you know, I was just paying what I paid last year and this year I did better. So it's kind of a combination of all of those things where you should know if you're going to have a good year or not. And you should contact your CPA and say, look, I'm making more. Should I put more into my estimated month, uh, quarterly taxes? So, and a big part of it is financial projections, correct? Yes. Yes. So having some sort of plan. So this is what I'd like to accomplish within this quarter. And this is what I'm going to do strategy wise. Right. To generate that income. Right. And you, do, do your clients give you P&Ls? From, from like Quicken? From Quick, no. No? Okay, because actually in my, in my world, I actually get those. For my clients who are self-employed, we actually go through and they give me their um, profit and loss statement and their quarterly and monthly and yearly projections so I can look and see where they are and where they're going, you know, year over year. Yeah. And that's where I think it's really important for women to have that so that they're at least, you know, aware of what's going on within their business. Absolutely. No, no, no. They not only have to be aware, they have to know the numbers. So, I mean, that's the most important part. I mean, the other thing is being in business, you have to figure out how can you make strategic decisions if, you know, to invest or to, um, you know, put money into an advertising campaign or any of these things without knowing those numbers if you even, if it's even worth it or not for you. And that's a big thing with like Facebook advertising, for instance, a lot of people are just going into it blindly. And the first no-no is doing it for likes. It's not about vanity. It's about strategy. Right. If you're going to spend a dollar on Facebook ads, you want to make sure that you're going to make a dollar from that Facebook ad. Right. So it needs to be some sort of plan in place. And, you know, what is it that you're going to offer? If you get someone on your email list, do you have an email marketing strategy? Right. You need to know what you're going to do once you get there. And a lot of people are failing to plan ahead and missing that step. Or execution. Yes, that can be one, one, one or the other. But back, can I go back to the numbers for one minute? Because there's, there's another number that I like for everybody to know as well. Um, the budget is step one and step two is the net worth. So net worth is assets minus liabilities equals net worth. So assets are anything that you own, which could be, um, you know, your house, your retirement account, your money in the bank, um, you know, your car minus what you owe, which is 
student loans, if you have um, credit cards, if you have them, um, which I would not want you to have credit card debt, um, uh, you know, mortgage, car loans, whatever, anything that you owe, and that equals your net worth. So I was uh, always tell this story that I met with a, a person who was an entrepreneur, and he came in to me and he said that his net worth is $25 million. And I said, boy, that is a large net worth. And we went through the numbers, and it turns out he had $25 million in assets, and he had $24 million in liabilities. Mm -hmm. So his actual net worth was $1 million not 25 million. And I said, my gosh, if, if this person who thinks he's worth 25 million doesn't, doesn't know he's worth a million, something's wrong here. <laughs> but that's, that's it. And then the other thing I always say to women, because sometimes women have negative net worths. And what I say is your net worth doesn't equal your self-worth because women have to realize that it's a number that they need to focus on. And once they shine the light on it and see that it's negative, then they can work towards making it positive over time. And that's huge. Even as far as pricing goes, we notice a lot that women fail to price by their worth or they're doing it by their own beliefs and their, and their personal feelings on self-worth. And, you know, it's really great to kind of address that right off the bat because the more confident a woman is, the more successful she's going to be. Right. Exactly. Absolutely. Confidence is so, so key in everything you do when it comes to business. And you, you, I think women definitely sell themselves short. I mean, that, that's where we start with the, the, the wage pay gap, right? So women have, you know, the 78 cents for every dollar. And I always think to myself, well, it's different in my profession or it's different if you're an entrepreneur, but the, actually the answer is still no. It's still, there's still the pay wage gap, which I still cannot believe, but, it, but it, it exists. And I think it's because like, if you think about like women, exactly what you said about pricing themselves too low, or if you're in a W-2 job starting out, you're actually making less money because you are not negotiating right from the start. And so you're already starting out lower. And it's not even like, I don't even think people purposely say, oh, well, I'm going to pay the woman less. It's just that we don't negotiate because we're uncomfortable with negotiating because we think it's going to hurt us with social capital, which according to a Harvard Business Review study, it does. So we have like a double-edged sword. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So, and that's really interesting. So what, when you talk about social capital, expand on that. So... The, it's interesting. So if a woman negotiates for herself, for a job, let's say, for, or, or anything, the, the, the rest of the company looks down on her. It's, it's perceived as a negative. It's perceived that she's um, a curse word that begins with a B. Sounds like a strong, independent woman to me. Exactly. But that, so that's the way she's seen. Now, the interesting part of that study is that if women negotiate for other women, they're thought of as highly respected. Mm. So how do you like that? So that's why women need advocates more than ever for exactly that reason, because you can't do it for yourself. I always suggest women in coaching and consulting never to discount the rate. 
And I think, you know, you really need to stand in your, on your ground and yes. be confident in your pricing. Yes. And I say, I call it intuitive pricing. So find a number that really resonates with you and you're comfortable saying, yes. because if you don't believe that you're worth that, yes. then you're not going to make it. So there will be a disconnect. Yes. So being confident in what your pricing is and knowing your self-worth, which it is incredibly high. And this is what I want women to realize and, and really, you know, stand in that and that self-worth as well stop trading dollars for hours yes this is huge we live in this mindset we've been programmed ever since high school or you know below before that that we trade our hours which are very valuable our time is very valuable in exchange for a set amount of money and I think it's really important that we have you know what our value is and be pricing by value yes yes it's funny because um Instead of saying, um, for me, with it, it, I think it's an evolution when it comes to pricing because the more experience you have, the higher you can charge, the more comfortable you are with it, the more you can incorporate you know, your life learning into it. So I understand when you're starting out, it's much more difficult, but definitely over time, you should get very comfortable with raising your prices because, you're, because of your um, value going up. And being comfortable with that negotiation or just, you know, explaining to those who've worked with you for a long time or, you know, saying that there's an increase in my rates uh, and really stand in that power. And that's women that give away their power far too easily. And I'd yeah. love to see that change. Yes, me too. Well, <laughs> that's why that's the whole, I, I always say that's the whole close, let's close the gap. And I think also, I think as a, as a self-employed versus a W-2, I feel like you have more control over your destiny being um, self-employed versus W-2 because W-2, you're always at the will of your employer. And so I feel personally that it's much more empowering to be self-employed. It's also much more challenging, but it's much more empowering. It's more work, but I actually think it's more of a risk to be employed by someone else because no how one I feel. can come to your house and say, you're fired. You're that's, exactly, that's exactly how I feel. Well, definitely put it in, right? Yeah, absolutely. And it's also the fact that if you're self-employed, you have multiple streams of income because you have multiple clients, whereas, you know, you're working for a company, they're going to lay off, you know, they have a bad quarter and they're going to lay off, you know, a quarter of the staff or whatever. And, and then, you know, I mean, granted that never happened to me, but I've seen it happen to my clients and friends and family. So it's a horrible experience to just have a job one day and then not be employed the next day. And you did nothing wrong. Yeah. And what I found was really interesting is, you know, the people who started businesses when there was the recession um, and they thought it was the perfect opportunity and ended up making like multi millions of dollars just jumping on that opportunity when everybody else was scared. Don't start a business. Yeah. We're in a recession. Right. And it's all yes. mindset. And I, I just think that's fascinating. It is. It is. So if you're going to offer the listeners 10 tips to be financially free, what would those be? Okay. So I'm going to talk about, I guess the, the, the women, um, the, my top 10 tips for women. I don't know. There it is. The top 10 things that I want women to know about money. Okay. So my first thing is beware of free money. Remember I said before, I, I want you to not be in credit card debt. I do not believe that credit cards are, should be used to stopgap your life. They should be used 
to pay your bills and then pay them in full monthly. So it's as a convenience, not as a um, stop gapping your budget because you're overspending. So that's the first thing. Second thing is simplify budgeting. I, like I said before, you can put it on a napkin, do it any way that's simple for you. Um, a lot of people like mint.com, they like youneedabudget.com, whatever is easier, the, the easiest way for you to do it is the way you should be, be doing it as long as you do it. Um, know your worth, I said that before too with the net worth. So assets minus liabilities equals net worth. And you should know that, and your goal should be to grow it every year. Um, don't be afraid. So I find that a lot of women are um, afraid of financial literacy because they don't have the knowledge, and they think that you know money is math or math is money or whatever, and they don't feel don't feel strong with that with that um, belief that women have that they say oh, I can't run a business. I don't know anything about math. Or right. I, you know, I, it's a big, it's a huge block. It so is a huge block. You really need very minimal, you know, uh, awareness of, of money. As long as you can add and subtract and multiply. Or you exactly have right. That's exactly right. And you can use a calculator. You don't have to do it off the top of your head. Exactly. You know, you're not doing trigonometry or statistics. Or calculus, all these things, algebra, right. we learned, we don't actually need. <laughs> exactly right. Exactly. It's just, it's unbelievable. I wish that they taught money math in, in school, but they didn't. So, um, but anyway, don't be afraid. And that's one of my things. Um, and then I always say, um, knowledge is step one. So, if you are going to learn, start learning financial literacy, you know, baby steps at a time, but you need to, you need to teach yourself it. It's, it's incredibly important because it's going to, it's going to, you're going to use it for the rest of your life. It's some, it's an, it's a, it's a life lesson skill that every woman needs to know. Um, then I say, once you learn it, you need to teach it to your children. And I say, it's the, the thing to teach. So, women need to teach their children financial literacy because they're not learning it in school. And the sooner that they learn it, the better because time is on their side with, with financial literacy. So the earlier you learn, the better. So, I mean, it's funny when I wrote my book, I wrote it, you know, and I, and I do the decades, twenties, thirties, forties, fifties, sixties. And I am finding so many, um, college kids and like 18 year olds like reading the book and they're like flipping out over it like loving it and I'm like I didn't even write it for them like but it, they're loving it and they're getting it yeah uh, since my kids were three I was like and you're gonna put your money into savings you know to take all your allowances and you know any sort of money that you would be spending on candy and you put those into savings you'll be like a millionaire by the time you're you know and I'm like and then put you know save up your down payment for your house or just buy it outright right you save enough yeah exactly <laughs> it's exactly. really funny because I and I quiz them on it what are you gonna do and they're like at three say we're going to buy a house or. <laughs> oh, that's so great. I love it. I love it. Perfect. Um, I always, the next thing I say is inflation hurts. So women um, in general, we like to hold on to cash in the bank. We're comfortable with cash. It makes us feel good. Um, it makes us feel like we're feathering our nests. And the problem is that you're losing money every year when you just hold on to a lot of cash because the cash is not earning that much money. It's hardly earning anything. Inflation is eroding it over time. So, um, you know, 
I did a study, Wans, when we said in 1980, if you like, let's say today the starting salary is like 35,000. Well, in 1980, guess what that equivalent salary would be? Take a guess. And it's all just inflation. I was born in the 80s. <laughs> so, well, 1980, we, we went backwards and just calculated it, would have been um, $11,000. Oh, wow. So that's inflation. So if you're holding on, and, not, and obviously 1980s is not that long ago, but that's the point is over time, that money is eroding because of inflation. So you have to invest it in you know, the market or stocks and bonds or something that's not just sitting in cash. Um, my other thing, which I feel really strong about, is to never lie to your partner. So full financial disclosure about everything, spending, savings, you know, skeletons in the closet with debt, um, credit scores, all that kind of stuff, because um, money is a, is a litmus test for your relationship. So if you have money issues, you are going to have problems in your relationship. Mm -hmm. And it's also the number one cause of divorce. Yeah. So never lie. Um, next thing is I say plan on it. So I feel very, very strongly that every person on the planet should have some sort of financial plan, even if it's a basic thing, but you think about it. So women, we, we, we plan vacations, we plan weddings. I mean, lots and lots of time and energy goes into that. How many women plan their financial future, right? It's, it's a little scary, actually. Now, of course, I'm biased. I'm a certified financial planner. It's what I do for a living. However, I just don't understand why everybody on the planet doesn't do it because that's how important it is. Because somebody's going to have to plan, and guess what? It's going to come if you plan or not. So it's up to you. And then my last thing is just start. So you have to, you have to get going somewhere. You have to start learning. You have to start doing some of these 10 tips. I always say just start reading my book because my book is a really um, nice overview of everything financially literate. And I don't go into a lot of detail because there's so much information. So, you know, eventually I'm, I'll come out with more books on with more detail, but there's so many great books out there. I mean, you can even start with that, that list, the daily worth 10 top 10 books that make you rich. And I think I'm number five on that list, but um, we can send the link out if you want um, and then have them look at some of the other books that are on the list as well. Absolutely. It'll be on the website. Okay, great. So if uh, anybody went to www.lisalynnadams.com and then click on Limitless Ladies Podcast, scroll down and you'll see all about Carrie and her book and the links will be there. Wonderful. Awesome. Well, that's great. And it's funny how you said about it being the number one cause of divorce. And I heard Marie for Leo say that, you know, she used to hear her parents fight about money and that was what she wanted in her business was never to have to worry or fight with her partner over money. And I think that's really powerful. It is incredibly important. And for some reason, you know, money is still a taboo. You know, we, we, you know, when we hang out with our friends, we don't talk about our 401ks and what we're invested in. At least the girls don't, maybe the guys do, but we don't. We talk about sex and we talk about love and we talk about gossip and we talk about shoes and shopping and everything else under the sun, but we just don't talk about money. I love talking about money. I Me think too. It's important. I think, you know, it's one of those things that if you're not being confident and comfortable in, in discussing it, then how can you become a master of it? Exactly. Well, I mean, in my house, we talk about it all the time because obviously I'm the money queen and that's what I do. And I live, sleep, breathe, eat everything. And I was also raised in a money household where we talked about it all the time. So my dad was a, was a 
a banker. My mom was a CPA. We were always brought up talking about money. So for me, it's not taboo, but I know for the rest of the world, it still is. So that's the issue is that we have to start talking about having these honest conversations about money with our families and even our friends. I'm fine with talking about it with our friends. Absolutely. And actually, I just wrote a blog post on it. It's called The Truth About Six-Figure Promises. And I wanted to address that the transparency, I think, is wonderful and sharing income and being really transparent about it. But I think with reason, I think if people are sharing just to, uh, you know, maybe gloat about brand. I think there really needs to be a, a purpose for yeah. sharing that. And, you know, I, and I think it can be really empowering and really inspiring to other women when you've had great success and you're sharing that. Um, you know, and I, I find that some people are just, it's always about money and, and saying, oh, you can have $10,000 in a day. And, you know, that's where it's almost kind of scammy in a sense. Yes. So I, I say, be really mindful of the things that you're hearing and other people are sharing with you and use your intuition or your own discretion if that really resonates with you yes. or, it, or it doesn't feel authentic. Yes, yes, I agree. Well, because the other problem is that you're right. I mean, I watch for fun almost every night before I go to bed, American Greed, which is on CNBC. And it talks about all the scams out there, Ponzi's and, and, and scammers and schemers and whatever. And how many people fall for these things almost every single day that it literally turns my stomach on the inside because I cannot believe that people are still falling for this, but they are. So Again, that's back to feel your intuition, feel your stomach. If it doesn't feel good, it probably isn't. If it sounds too good to be true, it probably is. Yeah. So at, um, at the beginning when women are just getting their business off, you know, just off to a good start, and let's say they've generated $5,000 in their business, what do you recommend that they do with that $5,000? Um, do they have an emergency fund? I don't know. This is a figurative person. <laughs> <laughs> so let's say that they don't have an emergency fund, put that 5,000 in the emergency fund. Or if they have debt, like credit card, pay off the debt. So I always say pay off the debt first, emergency fund second, saving for retirement third, because you have to do it in, in that progression or a third, a third, and third, if you want to do a little bit at the same time. Wonderful. Now, if you could leave, you know, the listeners with something to digest, you know, something to kind of meditate, maybe a little bit of homework for them, what would that be? I would want every person here, two things. I would want them, every person who's listening to do, to promise me that they're going to do a budget, what's coming in and what's going out at the end um, and make sure that they're spending less than what's spending less than what's coming in. Second thing I would like everybody to do is what I call the 401k challenge. If you're not signed up for your 401k at work, sign up. If you're self-employed, start your IRA and start, you know, monthly contributions because somebody is going to have to take care of your retirement and it is you and it's not going to be somebody else. It's funny, like for our Canadian listeners, there's, it's so different, the whole, the whole tax system and just the names that you have for things. So I'll have to create like a Canadian version and like decode what you're saying. So, so our Canadian listeners. Oh, I'm so, and actually it's funny because Australia has what's called the renumeration, super, super, oh gosh, I'm not pronouncing it wrong. It's like super illumination or something. And that's their 401k version, except okay. that their employers actually put nine and a half percent to 11% in for them. 
Oh, wow. Amazing. Yeah. And well, their, their um, starting wages, I think, is $16 an hour. Here in Ontario, it's like eleven twenty-five. Whoa. Which is still huge in comparison to the U.S., right? Yes. Yes. Um, you guys are very, very low. Very low. Yeah. Very low. That's so sad in itself. And why more women need to become entrepreneurs and take it's their sad. financial future into their own hands. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> Amazing. Well, thank you so much, Carrie, for coming on. We have just loved you. You're so welcome. It's been very, very informative, and I'm sure everybody will have a lot to think about uh, for the coming week. So thank you so much. Great. And everybody connect with me on social media. I'm easy to find. I guess you'll have the links on the site, right? Yes. We'll just state it one more time so people know. Where sure. So um, you can find me at Carrie Cobinaro on Twitter, um, Carrie Cobinaro on LinkedIn, and Carrie Cobinaro at face on Facebook. I'm easy to find. I'm the only one in the world, so that's easy if you spell it right. <laughs> <laughs> Wonderful. Okay. Well, thank you guys so much for listening to Limitless Ladies podcast. And I hope you have an incredible week. Never surrender your dreams. Keep going for them. And don't take no for an answer. You got this. The world needs your shine. Yeah. Have an amazing, amazing week. Lots of love. Bye, everyone. If you are looking to grow your business, Twitter is by far the greatest platform on the internet to use and surprisingly wildly underused. And it's usually because people aren't sure how to use it, which is exactly why I designed this incredible mini course to help you learn how to grow your audience and build a loyal, highly engaged tribe of followers rooting for you. You also learn strategies to grow your list, find new leads, and learn how to increase your income using Twitter. This literally has everything you need to know, and it will make your Twitter account completely unstoppable. Be sure to check it out at www.ladiesonamission.com or text 855-969-5300 with the number 111-222. And remember, never surrender your dreams for anyone. Each one of your dreams was placed in your heart for a reason. The world needs your mission and message and no one else can bring it except for you. Keep shining brightly and sharing your light with the world to impact the lives of others. Service to others is the greatest love you could ever share. Thank you so much for listening to Limitless Ladies podcast and be sure to hit subscribe. You don't want to miss any of this bundle of business love straight to your iTunes. Everyone who leaves a review receives a special gift just for you. Lots of love to my limitless ladies. Until next time.